welcome to the Fit Vegan Podcast. I'm your show host, Maxim Sigoy, and I'm also the founder and CEO of Fit Vegan Coaching, a company that has helped over 700 people transform their lives from all over the world on a plant-based lifestyle. This show is for you if you're looking to optimize your health, fitness, physique, while leveling up your mindset to live your life to your fullest potential. Enjoy the episode. All right. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Fit Vegan Podcast. Today, I am joined by Sergeant Vegan, um, Bill, who uh, has been vegan since 1992, so 31 years, former U.S. Army paratrooper. Sergeant Vegan has accumulated a diverse life resume. He's been a combat veteran, martial artist, vegan chef, author of Vegan Strong, RN Cardiac Telemetry, uh, fluent in both Japanese and American, world travelers of 47 countries, that's impressive, and then musician, Final Fantasy X soundtrack. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and then obviously, your, 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 your three mottos, strength, honor, and vegan. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, very, very stoked very to talk excited. about vegan stuff. Yeah, beautiful. Well, I know that you live in the world because you have the cover of both your books behind you. So one is vegan strong and one is dead meat. And then the one in the middle has a blur on it, though. That's uh, that's The Adventures of Sergeant Piggy, my kid's book. So I have, on this side, I have Vegan Strong, which is for ages, I don't know, I would say 13, because there's a little bit of bad language in it, uh, to whatever, uh, Adventures of Sergeant Piggy, which is a kid's book for vegan. Uh, it's basically a vegan kid's book, picture book. There's so many, nowadays with so many vegans, people, like vegans are having kids, but uh, most of the books I've seen about with for vegan kids were kind of Debbie Downer, kind of just, mm. uh, oh, how bad the world is. But I mean, as you know, and as, as I would hope your listeners know, the world is an awesome place. I mean, granted, it's everything good and bad, so there's some bad to it, but to concentrate on the bad sucks. And then yeah. just in time for Halloween, my vegan horror novel, Dead Meat, um, yeah, they're all available on The Great Satan Amazon, so look any of them up. Yeah. Awesome. So before I dive into like what got you into, into writing, so you've been vegan for 31 years now. What kickstarted that journey? Because that was at a time where it wasn't cool to be vegan and there no. wasn't a lot of resources to transition. Well, thank you very much for that question. And you're completely right. Somebody uh, recently mentioned, and this is this has come up a couple of times, like, whoa, you've been vegan. ever. I think after 26 or 27 years, people would, would say like, well, you've been vegan a long time. You've been vegan before it was cool, which makes me wonder, is being vegan cool? Like, I didn't really get that memo until recently. I was just doing it. I mean, especially for longtime vegans who are listening, you're going to know that for the longest freaking time, people would just give a shit. People would say, you know, either we're dumb, we're unhealthy, like, oh, we're, or, you know, 15,000, where do you get your protein, magnesium, and whatever questions, like someone just recently became a, a dietitian talking to you or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, and mostly negative, like we're dumb hippies or what, you know, there's so many other issues, why do we care about this issue, blah, 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 blah. Until very recently, people would say like, whoa, that's awesome. In the beginning, there was there were no, whoa, that's awesome. That would be like, ugh, eye roll or, like now there's something worse than a vegetarian like you kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but I got my start, I would say completely by accident. 
my mom, who's very Catholic and very religious, asked me what I was going to give up for Lent. And this would have been mm -hmm. Lent of, I think I did it all in one year. So it would have been like Lent of 1992. And for those that don't know, Lent is a 40-day period where Catholics give up something. And the idea mm -hmm. is supposed, it's supposed to make them a better person, though. It, it, what usually they give up is coffee, and giving up coffee is not making anyone a better person, in my, yeah. my opinion. So I said, hmm, well, what's really going to get to my mom being a little jerk, being a little punk rock jerk? And I thought, you know what? I'm going to say I'm going to give up meat. And that blew their minds. And ha they just, you know, they thought, whoa, how's this, how am I going to survive the 40 days without eating meat. Granted, yeah, like at that point, in the hospital or something. Yeah, they, they thought I was going to go straight to that protein deficiency, that fictitious ward that does not exist in the hospital of protein deficient vegans. It was going to be like direct admit. Uh, I was I was done for. I was a, a goner. At that point, I was a, a college. This was what would have been my freshman year of college. I was a college wrestler. I was in pretty good shape working out constantly and at the end of 40 days what happened at you know absolutely nothing other than i felt pretty good and people just were astounded like i was some medical miracle this kind of like wonder of science that could never really exist and people are like well somehow it's genetic made it Got 40 days without meeting, eating meat like are do we need to bring you that emergency you know, hamburger, kind of like a, this like fictitious St. Bernard with instead of like whiskey or a liquid in, in their uh, little thing around their neck, they just had a hamburger. And I'm like, nah, I feel okay. And somewhere between, I guess, the end of Lent to the end of, the, of that year at a punk rock show, because I was heavily into punk music as I still am, I got a hold of one of those PETA pamphlets. And since the internet wasn't a thing in 1992, for those that remember or don't remember, it wasn't a thing. You couldn't look any of this up on the internet. Somebody gave me a pamphlet on what animal ag is doing to our world, the environmental impact. And a lot of it focused at that point on less on global warming and more on water consumption and, and how if we stopped raising animals to kill for food, if we just raised vegetables and grains, we could feed the whole world. And it made me think, whoa, I could actually do something to change the world with just what I choose to eat for dinner. Yeah. And that really, that hands-on approach that I could actually do something to make the world a better place just in that simple choice really grabbed me. And from there, I started to think about the ethical implications of being vegetarian. And it really became part of my consciousness. And that was in a very short period of time. I was studying sociology and stuff like that as, you know, really trying to open my mind to the world and, and remake myself the way I wanted to and, and to be for the rest of my life. And somewhere in that summer... I got a hold of an, yet another PETA pamphlet on what dairy does and, and how dairy, the dairy industry is killing cows. And it's not just some happy place, a farm where cows are all dancing and prancing and enjoying their lives. It's basically a slaughterhouse waiting to be that that calf 
that's born becomes veal, that that milk is meant for baby cows and that we're basically raping and stealing their milk and destroying their lives. And it became at that point for me a binary choice. How much animal cruelty am I okay with? Am I okay with a lot, a little? And I just came to the conclusion that the only answer for me is zero. And if the answer is zero, then it's a binary choice, vegan or not. If you're okay with animal cruelty and animal suffering, then you're going to be an omnivore or a, you know, a, a pescatarian or a, a lacto-ovo, whatever nonsense. But if you don't want to participate in animal cruelty and animal suffering, you have to be vegan. That's just all it is. And someone asked me this yesterday and I gave them a very short version of, of all this. But I did tell them that I've never looked back on this choice with any kind of regret. It's only been a positive thing for me. And for me, even though when I made that choice, I never thought I was going to be able to eat pizza like a, a normal person again, be able to have a, 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 there were no veggie burgers. So I never thought that that was going to be a thing. Yeah. And it's just been amazing to see the growth in this social justice movement from when I became vegan and all the things that I couldn't eat to now where as someone who works out, I have to specifically avoid eating delicious donuts and all the <laughs> kinds of stuff like that. Even if it's vegan, it's still not going to be you know great and it's going to get in the way of uh, some uh, six pack abs, you know, whereas back in the day, I might have choked the life out of someone for one of those donuts, you know, a vegan donut, yeah. it would have just you're like, it would have just been a concept that I, I don't even think people would have even had in their minds, you know? Like I remember putting sugar on a saltine because I wanted a cookie and I'm not even yeah. making this up like that. There were no vegan cookies. So I ate this saltine with sugar on it. And I remember someone looking at me and I'm like, mm, I'm just loving my cookies here. Like, yeah, vegans blown up. I love it. It, you know, just happy yeah. to be alive. Yeah, you just made me think of this because um, to me, I've been vegan for slightly over nine years now. Hmm. Um, the, so you, you had Oreos, right? I'm just trying to see when Oreos were created. It says 1912 so, here. Yeah, and Oreos weren't vegan for the longest time. It wasn't oh. until sometime in the, was it late 90s? See, when I went vegan originally, I just I remember reading. I mean, like everyone who goes vegan, when you go vegan, you have to read everything. And, and Oreos yeah. would have been out. I know they had something called Hydrox. Uh, and I'm sad that I have extra information, like knowing that there was this thing called Hydrox, which were like knockoff Oreos, and those were vegan. And it wasn't until relatively recent that I believe Oreos became vegan. At the same point, I lived from college till I joined the military, I was mostly in Japan. So things like what was happening in the States in the 90s kind of is, uh, I just didn't live it. So it wasn't part of my consciousness. And Oreos, yeah. weirdly, in Japan, they were still putting dairy in them. So I, it would have just been off the table of things I could eat. Yeah. So for you, it was like an actual real commitment to like, because when you went vegan, you're like, I will never be able to have a burger, a pizza or some of the America's favorite food, which in my opinion, I feel like it's uh, when I was vegan nine years ago, like it was vegan burgers, like the Eve's, like the, mm. the really like black bean chickpea type of burger. But I feel like for people now, it's harder to eat healthy. 
because now there's like there are other alternatives like i'm gonna go vegan i can still have pizza ice cream burgers all that stuff and then people are, are struggling with their weight because of that they think that because it's vegan magically the weight's not going to be stacked on or the weight's going to melt off so well let's let's not confuse our listeners vegan food is healthier at least because there's no cholesterol in it but yeah if for we're, sure. we're whoever told any the dear listener whoever told you that as long as it's vegan it's healthy and wrote you a blank check for that and and you made you think that deep fried oreos and vegan gelato and you can eat three pizzas a day and you're going to be fine like i mean you won't be getting cholesterol but it's still yeah. going to be fatty and have lots of sugar and, and extra salt and those kind of foods i mean whether you're you're eating animal based or not i mean these are it's a separate conversation really but yes. yeah, yeah it's still going to be about watching your calories it's still going to be about watching your macros it's still going to be about making sure you get enough nutrient foods you're going to in my opinion and i believe in science always be better to choose a plant-based or a vegan option but unfortunately you're going to still have to to you know understand that even though cookie crisp i believe is vegan you can't be eating three bowls of cookie crisp in the morning and think, well, I got a healthy, balanced vegan breakfast yeah. for me. You know, like it, it's just not like, I mean, it's and if you think that way, I mean, you're welcome to your opinion, but it's, it's just not true. And I mean, some people yeah. have a good metabolism and they'll be able to to roll with that. But eventually eating cookie crisp for breakfast is going to catch up with you. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, I love to talk about your military days because. I know that for a lot of men, going vegan can be challenging because there's like the whole masculinity aspect mm. associated to it. So obviously you went vegan, like I said, way before it was cool or where, way before men would have ever considered going vegan. And then in addition to that, you went into one of the environments which would be considered probably the most masculine in the world, which would be going into military. So how, how many years were you vegan when you entered the military and how was your experience when you were there? So I was already vegan for 11 years when I joined the military. So okay. it was pretty ingrained in me. I was well past the, you know, the, the novice stages of like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah. Or easily be influenced because you're way yeah, past that. And, and be, and, or I was way past the time when someone just called me a fucking pussy for not eating meat was going to be like, Oh, oh my <laughs> goodness. How, I, how could you say that? We like, or I haven't yeah. like, I don't give a fuck what people think of me. And I think when people do care that much, it makes life just such a hard thing. Like life is amazing. But when you walk around with basically armor made out of paper, like the littlest drop of rain, or the littlest pebble is gonna hurt you. And, you know, yeah, people gave me shit all the time for being vegan. But for the most part, I wouldn't say people were respectful of it, but they, I think the fact that I was a medic kind of bought me a little bit of like, give like, I think if I was in the infantry as a vegan, there would have been too much of a, contradictory kind of thing and I would have made I and I actually talked to weirdly a conscientious objector who was getting uh chaptered out or kicked out for he had 
joined the infantry and decided that he couldn't couldn't do that. I just remember thinking, like, what did you think it was going to be like? Like, when you had that conversation, for me, I looked deep into my soul before I joined. And for me, it was actually, would I be able to wear the bullshit that had animals in it, like combat boots? Uh, mm -hmm. Would that be... It's an ethical dilemma that I think it, at one point they had some non-leather boots. I mean, they have plenty of non-leather everything, but it all depends on what the regulations are, what you can get away with, what your command will let you uh, wear. And when uh, most of the points I was wearing jungle boots, which which it's like maybe 25% leather, which I had to buy at my expense, so I wasn't having to wear wear the leather. Really, mm -hmm. what it came down to me was... That war was going to kick off whether I was going to be a part of it or not. Most of my progressive and liberal friends just would spend their time sitting in at, at, at home, yelling at the TV, and not really doing anything. And I thought, you know what? If somebody who's a, a longtime vegan and who wants to make the world a better place, hands-on, actually do something, if I joined as a medic and was able to go to war and be able to save lives, wouldn't that make the thing like wearing leather kind of almost like karma-wise, neutralize it? I don't know. I still struggle with that sometimes, but it was a choice I made. And, uh, and you know, things like that just always kind of bugged me. But, you know, I still did it. Basically, as far as the military goes, I'm, you know, it was, it was, crazy crazy to think even that you know being a vegan there but it really depends how was if we're going to boil the question down to how was it being a vegan in the military it really depended on where i was stationed and what i was doing basic training uh was like a like a starvation camp for for a vegan i lost maybe 25 pounds i you know losing 15 wasn't a bad thing yeah but that final five, 10 pounds kind of was not great. Yeah. And I was doing, we were usually working out about 14 hours a day, on maybe 1500 calories. It wasn't that someone forced, was trying to force me to eat meat. Yeah. It just was, there was nothing to eat. Like I would have cornflakes for breakfast. There was no rice milk, oat milk, soy milk. So I would just have them dry. And then when I, I, I got to a point where I couldn't eat them dry anymore. So I put like fruit cocktail, that shitty kind of clumpy, yeah, yeah. Just fake want fruit some, stuff on some it. Moist, you know, some humidity to it or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and then I, by the end of basic training, I would just pour coffee on it and the kind of like drink the coffee and eat the. It just it was unpleasant. And then lunch might be a salad sandwich because they had like an iceberg lettuce fixins uh, bar, but no other vegetables other than maybe some tomatoes. So I would just get some wonder bread which is nutritionally bankrupt but vegan yeah and then put tomatoes and maybe dry rice like white rice if i had it like and just eat that um wherever you and could. the dinner might was probably more rice and just awfulness yeah uh being a medic man a little bit better of a chow hall i think by 2002 three there was already veggie burgers and i think they had a vegan veggie burger because i remember having I don't, it might have been a Boca Burger or something like that. And, and that was much better. 
airborne school was not too bad and being deployed as you can imagine was its own you know its own thing yeah his reason i'm asking is because my my youngest brother joined the canadian military and he he's not vegan but he was talking about like the food and the training and everything and i'm like I wonder what people would do if they were vegan and want to go into military. Like, is it, is it friendly? Is it, do you think it is more now than what it used to be? I think there's like more options available. So the good news for anyone who's listening to this, that's thinking of joining the military is I'm currently working on a campaign with a group called mercy for animals. And we're trying to push to have vegan MREs. And for those that don't know what an MRE is, MRE stands for meals ready to eat. Uh, the military, we love our acronyms and everything has to be some kind of thing like ETA, estimated time of arrival, MRE. Like if I think about it, I can, you, we probably had a whole conversations in like, you know, like will co, you know, will co comply, will cop, you know, stuff like that. Almost everything is an acronym. So meals ready to eat in every, and there's two different cases of MREs, meals ready to eat. And in each case of 12, two of those are designated vegetarian. Mm. Now, how much of that vegetarian, that 2000 calorie meal can you eat that's vegan? Not a whole lot. Weirdly, when I was in the number 12, there's those 24 meals, two different cases, the number 12, the, the bean burrito was, believe it or not, vegan. Was it good? No, <laughs> no. It basically tasted like, uh, like, if you ate some play food that came with like this, you know, like little kids get these play sets of like a like a refrigerator and a stove and they're you know pretending to play cook. Yeah. That it tasted like it might have come out of come out of that. Yeah. But if you put enough salt and Tabasco on it, you could woof it down before you had to, you know, realize how gross it was. Yeah. So what what I would have to do if I couldn't get that one is I would have to trade with people. I would have to barter and then I would get usually wheat snack bread, which is just what it sounds like. Yeah. Peanut butter and some jelly and I would eat that. But if we could get vegan MREs, you know, we could call it vegan. We could call it plant based. I don't you know, care about the what we're currently is is in fashion to call it as long as we get it. Yeah. And replace those vegetarian MREs with that. You know, maybe make it vegan, gluten-free, halal, and kosher. And that way we make everybody, you know, more or less happy. You're never going to make everyone happy. Yeah. But more or less happy. Is there companies in the States that do that right now? So there are some. The I believe the contractors who make MREs are all stateside. And they're currently making, you know, a company will make all of them. And they're basically... It's probably a, a parent company and then they have subsidiaries that are making little things like a company happens to make coffee sticks and then they sell them to them and then they put that package all together because the MRE package, it's meant to be brought in, into any kind of environment. So in this package, that's about yay big, the size of a book. Yeah. There's like a whole bunch of different little things separately packaged. So one company puts it all together. They they then contract out or subcontract out to all, all these other little companies. And so far the government hasn't specifically said, hey, make these vegetarian ones vegan. And until they do, there's no incentive for them to change anything. Yeah. And most of those meals, I think in my opinion, are gonna be very easy to veganize because all you gotta do is for the pasta with vegetables, which is another one of the vegetarian things, 
it contains, I believe the package said less than 2% of egg whites. Say, hey, uh, no more egg whites. Done. Yeah. And then there's a there was a veggie burger. Make it a vegan burger. You know, like, yeah. none of this has to be hard. And nobody's asking for, like, some kind of craziness. We just want it to be vegan. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is it is interesting because a lot of, um, staying in the food space, a lot of restaurants are going to have, like, a, a Beyond Burger or something like that. But then there's melted cheese on top of it or there's an egg with it. I was like, you were almost there. There was just one thing you had to not put in a sandwich to make it vegan. Um, that'd be, that'd be a, a cool company to start and, uh, the MRR meals for MRE meals for military that would be vegan or plant-based. Well, there's companies that make stuff like that for camping specifically, but I think the contracts for the, I, I don't think our play is to get one company that makes that specifically that the put together the whole vegan thing. I think our play is specifically to get the government, to get the company who makes that yeah. to just change it. Cause I think they're contracted to do everything and I'm sure they're not going to like release their power of all that money that's going toward to those meals. Yeah. But what they, they would do if uncle Sam was able to push, especially call it a green initiative, like, Hey, it's, you know, it's a green initiative. It doesn't use all of the, uh, doesn't cause the carbon footprint that even the vegetarian meals are causing. I think we'd be able to, we'd have something there if we were able to talk to the government. We've been, Mercy for Animals has been pushing so far, things haven't changed. I've talked to people who they think they know somebody who's close to it, who says that that it's changing. I don't know, after working, you know, I've worked for the government, I work, work for the government now, I work for the VA as well. Uh, at. 15 plus years with Uncle Sam, I don't really trust anything until I see it. So, and that, and definitely goes for this as well. I don't think I'm, I'm, I believe it until I actually see it online or, or have one of them in, in my hands. Yeah. Well, you know, so basically those, those meals is just like you add water, for example, like hot water, and then it's kind of like ready to go. So basically what it is in the package, you rip it open. There's about maybe 10 different little little thin boxes about some of the, the size or the thinness of my phone. And it would be, you get a main entree. You got uh, like maybe some fruit slush. You'll get some crackers or you'll get a wheat snack bread, which basically it's like this really thick bread. Some, uh, some peanut butter, some jam. The other ones are gonna have obviously uh, meat-based stuff. You're gonna have a little condiments package with a whole bunch of stuff and a spoon. You don't need to add water for any of it unless you want to heat it up. Okay. You, you'll, you'll get what's called an MRE heater with this green thing. You rip the top off. You pour a little bit of water. You put the thing that you want to heat in it. You tuck it, uh, tuck it over and, you, and it'll activate this heating component. And that'll make the thing sizzle. You're just going to have to lie it not flat but kind of on a little bit of an angle for about three minutes. And then the thing will heat up and... You know, it won't be delicious, but it'll and and it probably won't be nutritious, but it'll be very heavy in the calories. It's meant for like you airdrop or or throw them at the the guys or and gals who are sitting out in the field for you know two weeks or so. You know, yeah, yeah. I that's all pretty much. I remember eating just that when I was on this operation called Operation Red Wings. Uh, we were supposed to go out for three days. I brought as much stuff as I could, and then uh, and then 
it became a week and that became two weeks. And then I think it went up to maybe like just shy of three and we got, we were allowed to leave. Um, yeah. And yeah, you just eat that. So if you're vegan, it just means you're just eating peanut butter and crackers for two, three weeks. And that, that wasn't that bad for me because I'd gone through the 90s and I had had those days. But if you're, I could see how if you're used to living it up how we do now in LA, in yeah. 2023, it might be kind of rough to go back to a time where that's all you can get. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. So it was definitely more testing and challenging back then. Like your, your willpower to stay vegan was definitely more tested than it would be today, ultimately. Well, I think it's, it, are we talking just in general or in that scenario in, that in scenario. the military? Because if you are like I vegan now, it, now, and then were to go in the militaries and not have the options that people are used to kind of like we talked about, I think like for a lot of people that are in it for the trend, not necessarily like for the right reasons, I think these guys would mm. find that challenging. I think it too depends on, I'm sure you have international listeners. I believe it's different in Britain. I, I think the Canadian military is different as well. I I really do think it just depends on where you're serving. It, it depends on which military, obviously Americans yeah. different than Canadian, which is much, it's different from Britain. I think some militaries in some countries you're able to classify being vegan as a religious preference and that puts you in a different category okay uh also it definitely depends on where you are where you're stationed i was stationed in italy it was amazing so when i wasn't in training and i wasn't in afghanistan my life my 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 life was awesome food was amazing i mean for i'm hoping have you been to italy i have i actually i lived there for a bit Oh, I mean, then, you know, it's amazing. But even in even in the early 2000s, they had ve a, there was a vegan restaurant near where I lived. I and we would go through the uh, we would have to do some full you know, like wear all your equipment. That's full battle rattle and then do some like ruck march with carry all your equipment and a rifle and do that through the streets. And and sometimes it'd be a lot of miles but then at the end of it we would sit and, and drink like uh like a, a americano in the in at a piazza somewhere just living in italy was great uh and i loved it the only thing that possibly was bad is i was a victim of maybe too good a scenario and which killed some of my my potential to get abs i i was probably one of the <laughs> chubbier vegans that that uh people had ever met at that point because while i was running an average of five miles a day, sometimes up to 15, you know, sometimes we'd run and ruck march and working out and lifting. I would eat usually one large pizza a day. Yeah. Like usually like on an average day. So, yeah. and I'm not talking like some little, little thing like that. And definitely not gluten-free, all the glutens, no cheese, but vegetables and sauce and and I would eat usually one of those. I would get uh, a kilo of soy gelato a week. Yeah. <laughs> and all the, all the ca like cappuccinos made with uh, rice milk that I could get my hands on, every pasta, every kind of fake meat thing. Like, I'm sure I was burning 3,000 calories a day. Yeah. But at that point, I was probably eating 4,500 calories a day. So there was... You know, you can't do that and expect things are going to work out for you. And I remember being mystified how I was how I was putting on so much weight. 
Like, yeah. not even if I had just looked at it and said like, hey, dude, maybe don't eat a large pizza every day. Yeah, every two but, days uh, at least. I think could have good pizza over there though. Have good pizza, have oh, good pasta. so good, yeah. so good. Yeah, it's delicious. Um, cool, so question for you. So you just made me think of this. Mm -hmm. So you were living off like rice, at white, rice cake, wheat bread, a, like a bean burrito from time to time. So ultimately your calories were very low for a long time when you were in training camp and all that. So it all depends again, where I was at basic training. I would say I was at 1500 calories. So think of three, three months. Cause pre basic training, there was this whole holding pattern thing where you, all you do is work out and eat, but I wasn't eating. Yeah. Then two months of basic training, then straight to airborne school. Well, no, not straight to airborne school. Then the medic training and where it, it went from a very strict, crazy, I, I went to basic training where they trained the infantry in Fort Benning to soft skill MOSs and medics. And it was like a completely different thing. There, like there were people there, like where I was doing basic training, if you weren't able to do, if you weren't in shape, you were gonna get stomped. Yeah. And then going from that to, you know, there's kind of overweight medics and stuff like that. Like it was a totally different, totally different world. It was more just academic. They needed people who weren't going to fuck up and kill somebody yeah. while they're trying to save them, you know? Yeah. Understand. And then it was probably, it was really as much as I could possibly want, probably 2000 to 3000, then airborne school, kind of, kind of sort of back to a training, but then I could go get food on the, on, on the weekends. Uh, and so, some nights I would say when I was in garrison with the 173rd airborne, I would say most of those days I was up to maybe three to 4,000 calories, but then back to Afghanistan, then at least until I figured out how to get food sent to me, I was back to sub 2000, probably 1800 calories. What, what food I had brought with me originally was all I ate. And then, then, you know, cliff bars and ramen noodles. Yeah. So I just want to point out for the people listening that like you were still able to perform and be physically active even though you were under eating and you were vegan and you still were alive, you still were strong, we're still able to move forward. So for the people that kind of listening to this is like, well, if I don't eat enough food, if I don't hit my protein, if I don't have enough calories, I won't be able to exercise. Like you're out here exercising 10 hours a day, severely under eating, barely getting any form of protein and just loading up on carbs basically. And you're able to make it happen. So just see like, Oh yeah, I would, you're completely correct. I would say, very little protein, extremely high carbs. Yeah, so it just shows the resiliency of the human body. Once if you want to do something, regardless of what's the food that's in your body, you'll be able to make it work. Very true, and I think people, I, I don't wanna say people are too spoiled, because I really don't think- Well, I'll put it this way. Things can be too good the world for got the vegan soft movement. <laughs> over the past few years. Well, eh, true. I mean, it, there. I think there is, there is that, but, I, I guess in big picture wise, uh, there's no limit to the good that they can make vegan. Yeah. However, big picture wise too, just because they ha Daya makes a vegan cheesecake doesn't mean you should eat three of them every day. <laughs> like it's good. It's good. Logic. The proper amount of cheesecake to eat a day, vegan or not, is mostly zero. Yeah. Except you have one piece every now and again. Like. Yeah. 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 Um, awesome. I love to talk about, uh, your books. Um, so the, the latest one is dead meat. When is that live now? Yep. 
That so all three of these books are are available on the I can't say enough the Great Satan Amazon. Uh, I think Amazon is a wonderful thing and bad thing. I mean it it has been doing uh, bad things to companies and it's probably made more mom and pop shops go out of business and there's a lot of bad to it. But if you're an author. Amazon makes it possible for you to have a book if mainstream publishers didn't put it out. Yeah. I say why, you know, even though nowadays vegan stuff is becoming more popular, when I wrote Vegan Strong, I think it threw a lot of the mainstream kind of hippie publishers for a loop because they were like, vegan, but where's the tie-dye? I got camouflage on it. Like, yeah. it, Vegan Strong, I think they wanted vegan... Yeah. They wanted vegan week. Yeah. And that wasn't my mentality. I want, you know, vegan strong is, is a field manual on how to be vegan and kick ass. And, and that, I think that's not what the popular, uh, you know, popular idea of vegan was at, when I started shopping around tw in 2016. So I just did went it alone with, with, uh, with Amazon. Yeah. Um, Ventures of Sergeant Piggy. Again, kind of the same thing. I think what sells more to a lot of the, the vegan hippies is the weepy, sad, look how, you know, malnourished this, this fish is or whatever. And I'm like, hey, like being vegan rules. Pigs are awesome. I'm going to make the pig, you know, the main character. Uh, and it's cute and, and very sunny and, and awesome. But again, I think it depends on, you know, knowing your audience. If I had, you know written a book for kids on, I don't know, what was what's popular that uh, hippies might get into. Like a, a kid book for intermittent fasting or something stupid like that. Like yeah. and kids should never be doing any of that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure there's hippies that would have been into that. And lastly, Dead Meat. I think the idea of a vegan horror novel, like everybody knows, the whole meat industry is just awful. It's the the worst, scariest, most disturbing thing if you ever watch actual footage of, of what it is and what they do it's just rotten and awful and the idea of farming humans in the same way as an allegory i thought you know couldn't have been scarier well i think it's amazing and and they're all available on amazon so you're you're more than welcome to check it out oh listeners yeah, I'll put all the link down below for people to easily access them to be able to check them out. Also put the link to, to your page and your social media as well. Cool, thank you. Um, love to ask you, for so for the people that are, I would say like it's about a 50-50 split of people that are vegan and then some that are veg curious that are interested in kind of like transitioning okay. and eating more plant-based. So what would be your piece of advice for people that are looking to transition to eating more plant-based and then your piece of advice for people that are vegan but are just looking to kind of like level up? Okay, my thank you very much for that question. My first thing would be um, for people considering going vegan, I would say definitely do it. Going vegan is one of the best things you could do for obviously the animals, for the environment, and for your health. Also know that even if something is vegan, even though I just said for your health, it like we had covered earlier, it doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy. And it doesn't necessarily mean you should eat a bunch of it, i.e. Oreo cookies, vegan cheesecake. Even though it says vegan, it doesn't mean that it's going to be a calorie-free, guilt-free thing. Yeah. Like, if you just ate a 1,000 calories of cheesecake, you should feel guilty for it because you Probably shouldn't be doing that too. on a daily <laughs> basis. Like, it's, it's you know, you, there's a whole bunch of other great things to eat. I would say 
watch the documentaries, whatever is popular, whatever the people are recommending, do that. Don't necessarily think you need to go cold turkey. Mm -hmm. Think or cold tofurkey, as, as some people have said. Crowd out the things that are animal-based, i.e., so you're going to have coffee in the morning. Okay, if you're not drinking a black like I normally do, do and you want a creamer in it, get a non-dairy creamer. So replacing things that you normally would buy some animal product with something that's a one-to-one -one transition to having a vegan product, you know, impossible, Beyond Burgers, even Boca Burgers, which still exist, instead of another burger, there's a billion vegan animal, kind of like animal protein copy things. So you can eat the same dishes and not feel like you're having to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Sometimes people enjoy the, you know, cooking different things and trying different things. And I think that's great. But I think being able to make the same stuff very easy you know, it's like, say you're, it's like pasta night. Well, normally you would have sausage with it or meatballs. Well, why don't, why don't you do Gardein or Beyond Meatballs? Done, you know? All that being said, I think if you, you're vegan and you start to, you just first go vegan and you're like, all right, do to do, and you start to not feel like you have enough energy, as sometimes it happens, or you feel like you're losing too much weight, that might mean nothing not that vegan's wrong or even that you're necessarily doing it wrong but you might not be eating enough calories yeah. if you normally eat 2000 calories a day and you change everything up and you're like okay you were sedentary meaning you just sat on your ass all day and then you ate 2000 calories and now you know you watch this documentary you're like okay you know i'm going to i'm going to uh you know I'm going to change my life. I'm going to do all this stuff. I'm like uh, working with Maxim. We're going to we're going to kill it in the gym. And now you're burning all this these calories. But then after you went vegan, you you went on a mostly salads thing. You know, you got to you have to you, you can't have that much of a caloric deficit and have it not hurt you. Yeah. When I was in basic training, working out 13 hours a day on 1500 calories, did I do it? Yeah. Did it suck? It certainly fucking did. Like, okay, but you're hungry. and that would not be something that I would recommend for you. You know, you, whoever's listening to this, you don't want to do that. So make sure that you're getting enough calories, your macros. I mean, there's so many different versions of, of what percentages. I'm sure Maxim can tell you what, what his per personal favorites are. Follow that. And as long as you're getting enough calories and as long as if you think you're missing something, you, you take a vitamin you're going to be fine. There, there, there's really no reason to overcomplicate this stuff. But if you don't put enough gas in the car, the car's not going to run, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, Bill, I want to say a massive thank you for taking the time to jump on the podcast. It was a pleasure to, to connect with you and to share your story with people. I just dove a little bit deeper in the military stuff because I just had my own curiosity. I'll, no, that's cool. I yeah. almost ended up joining the Canadian military when I was younger, when I went out of school. And then I went to the office and I had all the paperwork and then we were talking and then it just, I don't know how it came up, but they're like, oh, you might, you know, after schooling, you have to like do your time. You might be deployed. And then we're talking about like getting shot at. And I was like, oh, fuck that. Like, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want to get shot at. And I was like, ah, I'm just going to go a different direction <laughs> with my life. And I left the office, but I was, I was close to signing. Uh, but it was like, I, I, I didn't think about the fact that 
guns and bullets would be involved. All I want is like, I mm-hmm. love the strict discipline lifestyle. That's how I've always lived. So I was like, I just want that to the max. I didn't think about the gun part. I just wanted the lifestyle part. And so I was like, you know what? There probably would have been a job for you without, I mean, it, and there's, you know, for anyone listening, there's so many different jobs in the military. Yeah. I know that now. And, but there's, <laughs> yeah. It, there's one constant in it is that no matter what military you join, there's pro, it's a Ponzi scheme in that it's not going to work out for everyone. Mm-hmm. Two people can join the same, they could do the same job and they're going to have vastly different outcomes. One person will have a positive experience. One might have a negative experience, you know, and it's a crapshoot. You could join trying to do the craziest, most dangerous thing and come out without a scratch. You can join the Air Force Chair Force and somehow die in a training accident. And I mean, at which it happens or something awful happens to you. You, it is, you just have to be ready to roll them dice. And, yeah. you know, for the people who joined and who served you know, whatever, whatever country, thank you for your service, especially if you joined this, uh, our military, joined in, here in the States, thank you for your service. And, you know, for kids that are thinking about joining, I would say definitely possible, definitely do some research before you go in. Branch specific, sometimes it's a little bit easier to be vegan. Yeah. You know, and job specific, you know. Yeah. So I'll get people listening. If you have any questions for Bill, just reach out to him on his Instagram or his social media platforms. Um, especially if like there's a vegan component, I'm sure he'd be able to help you support you guys in that. Um, for everyone, thank you very much for listening to the episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, be sure to like it if you're on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, leave a five-star review, go check out Bill's awesome books, go support him on social media, and we'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode and would like to support, please share it with others that would benefit from it. Share it on social media and be sure to leave a five-star rating and review. You can also follow me on Instagram at Maxim underscore official and on YouTube at FitVegan. The links will also be in the show notes. I'll see you in the next episode.